Blog Talk Radio. There it goes. I thought they were just going to keep going on and on and on, and it's not that good we of a We could song. have an hour-long show of just the crystal ball. <laughs> I was song. clicking the button, and it <laughs> took about three punches to get crystal ball to turn itself off. So I didn't see that in, in coming in the future. So anyway, this is Michael, and we're on another quarantine nighttime episode of Drive Through HR uh, number six. We've done them on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday now. So this is uh, has been a sort of a floating show. Uh, Robin, how have you been so far this week? I um I have been good. I've got kind of two things going on. One, um, it's warming up here, and we've gone from lovely weather, lovely mm-hmm. warm weather, to now um, today was I would classify it as hot and humid. And it just came so suddenly, so I'm really like not happy with that. It, it, it's, um, it's kind of that time in the South, though, isn't it? When mid May comes and then yeah. it's Walter till October. Yeah. This so is our payback it, it for just, gloating about winter and snow and that it, kind of always. stuff. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. <laughs> so I, I got that, I, and then I. Yep. Uh, um, I um, it, we were talking about this on the pre-show, but I thought this 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 fits uh, better as just a general update. Yes, I did dye my hair blue. Um, I think the you know stay at home has been getting to me. I've been mm. cutting my own hair with you know varying degrees of success because right. um, I like style it, and then I see like weird stuff sticking out. So then I grab the scissors and I you know, try to do something. Um, so I had that going for me, and then I um, I dyed it blue Monday, and it was, like, super, super dark, and so I'm letting it fade. And every day it's getting – I think it will be a nice, soft color that I'm looking for, but right now it's not. Soft summer blue, huh? Uh, yes. Okay, so yeah, it's been Groundhog Day around around Florida. Um, I did. I'm in the process of purchasing a new home, which is a. a mm-hmm. I went the 55 plus manufactured home route, which means you can buy something fairly nice for pretty cheap in Florida. Uh, and so I'm, I've got that going on, and that, but I won't be moving into the place for a couple of months. And then I went and drove a new car today, but I haven't decided if I'm going to buy it, but. Yeah, so I know I'm going wild spending money for my condo sale. Um, anyway, I, that, so that's I've been entertaining myself by buying things or thinking about buying things. Outside <laughs> of that, everything else is pretty much the same as every other day. It's basically Groundhog Day now for seven or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, that that's boring. I, I can't wait to see the picture. I, I, I asked you in the pre-show because I thought I dreamed that you did, said you dyed your hair blue since I hadn't seen a picture, mm-hmm. but I get it now. So <laughs> I'll look forward to when it, it gets unveiled in all its glory. So our guest is exactly. my friend, and, and that is uh, Mary Faulkner. Mary, welcome to Drive Through. How are you tonight? I'm good. Thanks for having me on this crazy show. 
Absolutely, and that's what we exactly what we hope will transpire because that's what the evening shows are supposed to be about. We've been a little bit serious the last couple of weeks, so we want to have some fun tonight and then talk about some business stuff, which has been the trend. If anybody's actually listening on the live stream, uh, once we get past um, 8.30, if you want to call in, feel free. We'll, we'll weave you into the show, and if uh, if no one calls, we, we've managed to fill up an hour most weeks. So, so Mary, um, I, I guess even though we know you well, and a lot of people do, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, whether it's live tonight or on downloads in the future, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do right now? Yeah, so Mary Faulkner. Um, I am currently a senior advisor with IAHR. We're a uh, college has a boutique uh, consulting firm that helps businesses with transformation. So basically what we do is it's, it's typically in HR, but we work with any part of the business and anyone who's going through changes, whether it's they want to install and select a new um, HCM or a technology uh, solution for their organization, or they're looking at changing the way that they do their operating model, or they just need some help with some of their process optimization, uh, we come in and we help them out. And uh, I love the job. I love what I'm doing. Prior to joining IA, I was in HR as a practitioner. I um, got my start in learning and organizational the development. The glory days. And, yeah, the glory days of in-house mm-hmm. HR. And as much as I appreciate practitioners, I'm so grateful that I had the experience the whole time. I can't tell you how happy I am to be not in house HR right now. I just, I mean, the challenges that folks are facing just on the, the change on a daily basis. God bless you all because that's, that's <laughs> a lot to get through. So, but yeah, I was a, a practitioner for a number of years. I've run pretty much every element of HR except for payroll somehow, magically. Mm. I've never run a payroll department. I know. Everywhere I ever worked, payroll actually reported up to finance. So I worked closely with payroll. Never actually owned it. But, yeah, and, you know, I'm I'm out on the Twitters. I I write a blog occasionally, uh, write for a few different websites, and uh, I tweet a lot of conferences when I go, and uh, I speak sarcasm. Yes, you do. So there's all that. <laughs> you you between you and Matt Stalick, your um your conference tweeting skills are gonna get rusty here during this I know, shutdown. I know. That's why if I see some so true story on this, so you know, when I go to conferences I live tweet and I tend to be one of the highest ones because I can type really fast. And uh one time I was responding to a conference that I wasn't even at. It was, you know, I couldn't even remember what the conference was, but I was just responding and using the hashtag. I was one of the top tweeters for their conference. <laughs> and, and all that really tells me, all that really tells me is that more people need to learn how to tweet. That's really what it tells me. <laughs> yep. That uh, tweeting is, is interesting. I, I, I reposted a Facebook memory a couple of weeks ago where I was speaking. I was in Charleston. I think I was in 2015 or 16. And I was speaking at a conference and the hashtag there, which was an HR event, was exactly the same hashtag that was being used by a, a, a convention for proctologists. And so the, the tweet oh, streams I were clear. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I didn't talk about the proctologist. As far as I know, they didn't talk about me. That it was just kind of weird to, to follow that Twitter stream when you when I wasn't speaking. So it was uh, it was so an interesting. I was like, wait, what? Where do you put your finger? Like, <laughs> <laughs> huh? Things that yeah, proctologists that and HR ladies <laughs> say. Yeah. Wait, are, where did you put? Is where did you put your finger? Is that HR? <laughs> They're saying they did it. You know, the HR ladies are saying you can't do that. No, it's anyway. It was. It was. It wasn't that hysterical, but it was when the Facebook memory popped up. So it was. It was interesting. I love it. All right. So, um, so we have a weird agenda, um, largely because one of the more entertaining things, um, and especially because I am in quarantine from my own dog. Um, I love following. <laughs> I spend half my day on Instagram reading beagles of Instagram. I'm looking at the pictures of all these beagles because I miss sugar and uh, I'm not getting her back anytime soon. So uh, I have followed uh, Eddie Von Schooling and the other mutts uh, when they show up. And and, and in particular, um, Mary's dog, Baloo, who's an immense puppy now. So we were going to (laughs) talk about dogs in HR for a little while, I guess. I'm not exactly That's sure right. how how we'll weave those together, but um, so so the first thing, Mary, is Akitas seem to be a very uh, I don't know if demanding breed is the right word, but they're 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 a different breed than a beagle, I would say. Um, and it's been really interesting yeah. to kind of watch yeah. how well the loot, you know, like you guys are working hard, it seems to condition him, but he he seems very comfortable. So like. Can you talk a little bit about the experience and like how you're working with the dog when you're home 24 seven, which is kind of weird, but maybe, maybe good yeah. at this moment in time. Yeah, we, we actually, uh, so Baloo is our third Akita. So we've been through this. He's our third Akita that we got as a puppy. And um, it's great to actually for us to both be home during this time because um, normally in, in, in non COVID world, I would be either working from home or traveling, depending on uh, what project I was on, and Ryan would be at the office. So our concern was, you know, Baloo will get super attached to me or super attached to Ryan, just depending on what my travel schedule would have been. So now that we're both home, he's been super easy to uh, house train. He's bonded with both of us pretty equally. Uh, We are being really super careful about making sure that we leave him alone, so he's okay with that. So, like, we'll be working upstairs and he's downstairs and we kind of keep him down there and he's been fine with that. So we've been really lucky in, in that regard. So from a timing perspective, it's pretty good. He might have a nervous breakdown when we um, both start working away from the house at some point, but I mean, we've left him alone when we go to our weekly grocery run or whatever, and he's been fine with it too. So we're pretty lucky in that regard. In terms of uh, Akita's as a challenging breed, um, <laughs> Akitas are super smart. They're also super stubborn. And they're not really that concerned with making you happy <laughs> in that. You know, like a lab, when you're, tra- when you're training a lab or something, they're like, they're like they're really invested in making sure you're happy and that they've pleased you and, and that you validate their existence and, and all that. Akitas are like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> so they have a real strong independence trait. Which, honestly, we love. That's one of the reasons why we love the breed because, you know, they they kind of look – there's that there's that 
we know we love each other. We don't have to be obnoxious about it. So we always love that. Right? We were kind of, we were spoiled with Boo because Boo, who was our last um, Akita, she was super social, which is not very Akita-like. So she liked to hang out with us. I mean, she wasn't like super needy, but she'd always be like, hey, how's it going? And we could take her anywhere and everybody loved her. Like we would take her to the vet just for a checkup and everybody would come say hi. So we were just like, is this the new Akita? And we had been following this breeder and a shout out to Royal Akitas out of uh, Missouri. We've been following them on Instagram for a while. And when we lost Boo unexpectedly, they just happened to have had a litter of, of Akitas. And we, we had known from watching them for a while, they breed for temperament first and they also have just beautiful dogs who are all grand champions and all that kind of stuff. But we saw all the videos, and they were just like Boo from a personality perspective. So we took a chance, and we're able to get uh, Baloo. We got on the, the wait list, and we're able to get a puppy on the litter. And Baloo has just been a sweetheart. Now, he's teething, which hurts like hell. If anybody's ever had a puppy going through teething phase. So add to that, he's now probably about, oh, God, how heavy is he? He's got to be close to 30 pounds at this point, and he's three months old. So there's a lot of bite power behind those teeth. So uh-huh. what we really just what we just really need are working to do is we're just trying to keep them socialized, which is hard during social distancing because like by this time normally we've had him. Uh, he's 12 weeks now, so we'd probably be starting uh, an obedience class with him, getting him out and just playing with other people and other dogs. It's been really kind of hit or miss. You know, we try to take him on walks around the neighborhood. We we we've introduce him to parents with, you know, we wear face masks and everything, but make sure he gets to meet a variety of people in a variety of different situations. But it's a little bit different, but he's, he really is a sweetheart. And um, this is the first male dog that we've had. So it's been fun to kind of watch him. Mm-hmm. So Robin, you have like a whole, a, a whole clan of dogs at your house. <laughs> it is a army clan. of dogs. <laughs> it is an army of dogs. It's, um, and we used to have four, so now and then we had four, then three, then two, and now we're back to three. And um, going from two to three was, of course, but with a puppy, although he's the, twice the size of the other, more than twice the size <laughs> of the other two as the puppy. Um, yeah, so Frank Lapidus is um, seven, Mr. Crumples is five, and now Eddie is seven months and my estimate is about 40 pounds because he was last weighed right before we went into lockdown um so i think he's about 40 but he thinks he weighs 10 still and can lay in my arms and (laughs) so he he jumps on my lap when i'm on the couch and he crawls up and he drapes himself around my neck and yeah so you can get to crumple for five years Mr. Crumple's five a, years, yep. Wow. That's just amazing. Gosh, time does go fast. <laughs> yeah, we, we keep having those moments, Mary, on the show. Like, we'll say, oh, I've known you I for know. 11 years. You're like, Christ, it's a decade, I, really? You know? I'm like, you just got Mr. Crumple. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. So, it's like a middle-aged, you know, ma'am now. I know. He's just like, I want to go to bed at seven, and where's my soup? 
Yes. <laughs> like his mother. And it, and it better be hot chicken noodle soup with a few noodles in there. Uh, anyway. Um, so one of the things I found like in a homeworking thing is that when I had sugar, there was a, there was a plus and a minus. When I had sugar at home and I was mm-hmm. working from home, I got out a lot during the day because I'd take her out, take her on walks, you know, so I I was getting up and moving around, which is a good thing, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it was, it was really distracting. Right. So um, I don't have kids and I guess none of us have kids at home, but like, how do you guys deal with the time crunch of of the dog in your work day? And in your (laughs) case, Robin's dog. Dog. Yeah. (laughs) We're, um, we're, So now I've been working at home now for a year and a half again. So, um, you know, the being home stuff because of this was not necessarily anything new. We, um, our dogs don't go for walks on leashes. They are really bad at it. And when we had four, there was no way that that was going to happen. So we have a huge yard, luckily, or we wouldn't have all these dogs if we didn't have a huge yard. Yeah, that makes sense. yeah, so a huge fenced yard, and so they are outside all the time. I probably, unless I'm really knee-deep in something, I probably every every hour, every 60 to 90 minutes, I get up and I go and I take them out. And all I got to do is open the door, and they go and they run around, and they run around for five minutes and go potty and get their energy out and bark at the squirrels and... And then I heard them back. I'm like the sheepdog, right? And then I heard them back in to the house, and then they then they relax until the next, you know, an hour, two you know two hours later when we do it all over again. So it gets me up and you know out, and I walk around the yard while they're running around. And um, but we don't go for walk walks. Yeah, and I think, I think <laughs> yeah, there's like in, in this time. I, I haven't, you know, it's one of the big reasons I miss sugar, I think, is it gives you, you get a sense of companionship, but it also gives you kind of a mental break because you're just kind of yeah. engaging in something that's pretty, like, carefree, you know, unless the dogs are yeah. super mm-hmm. sick or something. So that's one of the reasons yeah. I miss it. Yeah. So, Mary, I, I love what you do, and you did this to some extent with Boo and now with Baloo, and you, you, you kind of play act with the dogs as if they're your intern. And they're working for you, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, which, which I think is is hysterical. But um, like, does that does that ever bring up any of your thoughts about HR work? Like, if I, if I could get the loo to do this, it would build the team. March, <laughs> I'm stretching for HR relativity here. Yeah, you know, it's funny. So uh, I remember, gosh, this is ages ago, but I once wrote a blog post about Boo and about how. There was an element of dog ownership that you get what you you get what you put into the relationship. So we we've always talked back and we always went back and forth about like, do we adopt an older dog or do we want a puppy? And this is when we were first getting dogs, yeah. and it's just like, you know, I want a puppy. And the reason why we wanted a puppy is that we wanted to know that whatever was wrong with the dog when it got older, it was totally our fault. You know, <laughs> it was like everything that we did is like we own it. You know, we we're the ones who decided to not be disciplined and keep them from getting up on the couch. I mean, the dogs own the couch, so whatever. But, but you know, just anything that was a behavior issue or a personality trait or whatever, it's like, yeah, you know what? That's because we didn't make the right choice or it's the way that we interacted with the dogs. So we do think about that from time to time and just in terms of, like, you, if I want 
for example, if I want Baloo to be a dog that isn't afraid of weird things, I have to take and have the patience to make sure that he is exposed to those things at the right time, to make him feel safe and comfortable when he is being exposed to those things. I need to teach him to have a healthy respect for things like, you know, the lawnmower and cars, but not to be so afraid that he runs away. So, I mean, there's a lot of work that you got to do. Um, with that relationship, and and I mean not to be too corny, but I mean that's a lot with management too, and with with other people. It's like you get out of the relationship uh, what you put into it. Now listen, people are bringing a whole lot more baggage than most dogs do, and we can talk about the fact that you know some dogs are abused and what have you, and you do have to work with them especially. But for the most part, dogs are coming into the relationship just completely open and like, I just want to be loved and I want to love you. And so it's just a lot of responsibility um, on our end to make sure that we are we're reacting the right way. So like right now with him being super bitey, and I posted on Facebook not long ago, he threw yes. quite a little temper tantrum. <laughs> And it would be, but we have, I mean, it frustrates us because, you know, he's biting our feet and he's biting our clothes. He's teething. He's a puppy. And yep, yep. like 80, 80 plus percent of the time, he is a complete angel and just a joy to be around. And then he just flips the switch and freaks out, but it's because he's a puppy. And so we just have mm-hmm. to kind of put him in timeout and give him time to figure it out. And I mean, it's, it's just having the right response to whatever little puppy moment he's having. And I can't sit him down and like, listen, Blue. We need to have a conversation about your performance today. <laughs> Although it would be awesome. And he would probably react the way that most employees do, too. It's like, you don't know anything about me, and I hate you, and I'm going to get a new job. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> and do the equivalent of rolling his eyes. Oh, I'm pretty sure... Akitas do side-eye like nobody's business. And so I will get side-eye throughout my entire life with this dog. But, you know, it's kind of fun because he's he's gaining more and more roaming privileges because he's proving he won't chew on an electrical cord and kill himself. So yeah. I'll continue to post. I'll post more pictures of him wandering into my office. But it was funny. You were mentioning about, like, how do you deal with the dog while you're working from home. So my husband is working from home right now, too. And we're lucky we have a pretty good setup. But we, like, especially when we first got Baloo, we were comparing schedules and saying, like, okay, I have a call at this time. Can you kind of watch the dog? Yeah, we were just trying to figure out how do you do the handoff with a seven- to eight-week-old puppy, and uh, mm-hmm. can you keep him out of my hair while the conference call is going on? And, and, of course, so we got him, I think it was April 11th, beautiful day when we got him. The next day we got hit by snow. So nothing right. like bringing home a brand-new puppy, and it's snowing for three days. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, to, we had to coordinate that, too. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I posted something because it snowed and then it was like 80 or something, right? It was like there were yep. two weird events that happened. I'm like, the dog's a week old and he's already seen everything he's ever going to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we turned on our sprinklers. Like three days later, we turned on our sprinklers. Right. It was crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. Colorado. <laughs> That's it's true. Did, has, has either one of you ever worked in it, like had dogs in the workplace, in the office, as opposed to at home? No, um, with one exception, and the exception was I worked one place where, um, and it was small. We had like sixty people in the at the headquarters office, and um, we did have an employee that had a service dog. Oh. Um, mm. And so that was because um, this was not necessarily a place that you would, you know, have ever brought a dog or any kind of animal, um, but there was. From an HR perspective, it was it was great to like kind of go through it and and work through 
um, you know, the onboarding because we we didn't know that uh, <clears throat> we you know, and he had no he had no obligation to tell us until we made the offer um, because he didn't need the service dog with him at all times, but he did periodically, and so he was well within mm. his rights to, you know when we made the offer and he said, well, I do have this accommodation that I need. And that's when it came out. And so it was really, it, it was, you know, fun kind of in a way because <laughs> it was first situation I had ever had in all my years of working through that. Um, so it was kind of fun to work with him, um, with the employee about, you know, what was entailed and, you know, how were we going to get that communicated <laughs> to the rest of the, office and of course my you know my ceo was in the you know our our in-house counsel you know everybody's freaking out oh my god what are we gonna do uh you know i said well we you know we got to make this work we're gonna make this work and so it was um we, so when and we always did an announcement you know hey bob's gonna be joining us in two weeks in such and so position you know kind of an all company email and so i talked to the to the to bob the new employee and i said um I want to say we have two new employees coming, and so we introduced the dog in the email as well um, okay. as we have two employees. And, you know, you know, here's Bob, and here's his background, and here's Kobe was the dog. I'll never forget the dog's name. Here's Kobe, <laughs> and, you know, here's Kobe's background. And, he, and and I had gotten stuff from, from the employee about, you know, how to interact with the dog. You know, don't pet it. It's a working, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah. he's here working just like you all are, you know. Um, and it was, it, so it was really cool, actually. Yeah. I, 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 my, uh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I haven't worked, I haven't worked in a workplace. I We tried to do like a bring your dog to work day at the last organization where I worked and, there, we were like, we had decent support to do it, but then there was concerns about allergies and the logistics, and it was just decided, no, we're not going to do it. So we're like, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did work with a client who had a dog-friendly workplace, and it was really interesting to listen to the process that they went through. Like the whole team had to agree that it was okay for the dog to be there, and 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 this this organization, uh, the the facilities. There were no carpets, so it was actually pretty easy to, you know, clean with the dog. You know, like the, the dog here was mm-hmm. easy to sweep up and all that kind of stuff. But like, there was a number of things that had to be done, and it was a very kind of a collaborative approach to whether or not are you okay with the dog being part of our team. You know, it's kind of a similar thing as like this is a new team member, and yep. it was very respectful to people who had fear of dogs or allergies of dogs, and they had a lot of rules around it. So. It worked. I mean, and and here's the thing. I love when I am in an office setting and there's suddenly a dog. I just turn into an idiot. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, so so I love it, but I can see why some people would be worried about it. Yeah, my uh, my ex-wife. Uh, when I first moved down to Florida the first time in 2004 or five, I worked half time in her office for a while. We were she was doing a massive ramp of uh, ramp up of a tech driven media company that served the home building industry. And she had about 20 employees on staff. They weren't all in the office all at the same time, but, but we had two dogs and I was working sometimes out, out of town and she worked in the office all day long. So she brought our two dogs, which was another beagle named Mary and a Basenji, which is an African dog. And they're kind of like a key in that they're very intelligent and very challenging. They're just a lot smaller but they're, they'll, they'll they don't eat bark anything. too, right? They don't bark. They yodel. 
so we had those two crazy dogs. The Beagle was fine. Cairo was nuts. And then we had three other dogs. And so uh, uh, that were there every day. There were five dogs in the workplace. And mm. it affected everything because, to your point, Mary, like if you were hiring somebody, they, they had to not be afraid of dogs. They kind of had to be not allergic to dogs. So we basically, mm -hmm. you know, had the dogs running through the interview room as part of the hiring process, right? The, are you afraid of dogs? But then we had, we had a bunch of rules that were like, don't leave your sandwich at lunchtime where the dogs can eat it because if they get it, that's your fault, right? We're not buying you another lunch mm -hmm. or whatever. You know? So it was, it was very interesting, but it was, it was hugely uh, entertaining when they would, like all five of them would all of a sudden just go on a dog tear running through the, uh, we had rows of desks. We didn't have cubicles. So everything was pretty open and they just all of a sudden start running through the place. And it was amazing that they didn't snag wires and rip, rip laptops off the desks, but they didn't, they just stole sandwiches when they could. So it was, uh, it was great fun, but it was, to your point, it was challenging too, Maria. It had a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of kind of side issues to, to resolve. So anyway, that's probably, that's almost 30 minutes on dogs. So that's probably enough. Good heavens. <laughs> like the most important topic that we could possibly talk about. It, it I'm getting, I'm getting side messages from uh, Frank Zupin, and yes, I am calling you out, Frank, that he's a cat person. So cats oh, are yeah, fine yeah, too, yeah, but everybody likes yeah. dogs. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a dog-friendly show tonight, but we could do cats another night. There's plenty of HR cat representation, starting with Lori and going down from there. That is true. Uh, <laughs> so, but we're, we're glad you're listening to the show, Frank. Um, so let's do, let's do the serious part and then we'll, we'll, towards the end, we'll talk about movies or summer activities or whatever that topic was. Um, you, you know, you mentioned how happy you are to be doing consulting work and that in the trenches of HR at this moment, Mary, but one of the things I told you from a serious perspective is I was curious about, um, you know, it's, it's gotta be, I mean, everything stopped, you know, so if you're a speaker at conferences, mm -hmm. there's no work, if you're a consultant, uh, your services may or may not be required. And I honestly don't know what that looks like. So I was kind of curious, you know, to talk around that. I didn't have a bunch of prepared questions, but I'm just, what did, like, what's it, what was it like when all of a sudden, like with 24 hours notice, nobody could go anywhere now? How do you support your clients? What kind of issues? I, I'm just really curious. You can maybe start yeah. us off and ask more questions. No, it's a, it's a fantastic question because it's, it's one of those things that we, so, you know, we travel, we tell, we tell folks, you know, we're about 50% on the road, but it just kind of depends normally, but it depends on what stage you are in a project. So when we're, if we're in the discovery phase of a project and we're about to do a selection with a client, we're on site probably every week for a good month doing process mapping and discovery and, you know, setting out the requirements and getting the RFP ready to go. So it's, it's a lot of travel and we're on site and we were, in the process, let's see, we had gotten through selection, and we were in the process of launching the implementation because we were doing some implementation support. And this was early May, early March, and there was just some questions of like, are we still going? I think we should could still go because I I had been in Chicago. I did the hustle up the the whatever the, Han the formerly known as Hancock um, with Lori and and uh, Dominique and a, a few other people and. Mm -hmm. um, was about to, you know, I was getting ready to go to Tulsa, went there, and, uh, but it was kind of like, ooh, 
people seem to be getting sick. Should we be worried about that? And so on that trip, you know, I brought hand sanitizer and I had the wipes for the plane and everything. But things were fine. But it was interesting when we were sitting with the client and sitting with the the provider and just talking through the reality of our schedule because we were just launching this process. And we were listening to the provider and saying, what are your guidelines? We were listening to the client, what are your guidelines? And, and you know, even as a team, we were all saying, what are we comfortable with even? And so mm. the decision really came down to, uh, you know, the provider said, well, we're only going to do business critical travel. And this was very early on, keep in mind. And yeah. we said, you know, you let us know right now we are not under a travel restriction, but you know, we're looking at what the reality is going to be. And so we went on travel restriction right after that, um, just because it was starting to really kind of blow up. The, the good news is for us is that we're really comfortable working virtually. I mean, we all work virtually all the time unless we're on site with a client. What we have found is um, we just had to adapt. You know, typically we do process mapping live, on client site with everybody in the same room. We can do it uh-huh. virtually, though. And so it's uh-huh. just been additional prep for um, the client to say, here's what it's going to look like and here's what the process is going to be, getting everybody comfortable with um, having the conversation that we would have live over um, you know, a video conferencing platform or whatever it might be, and just trying to figure out what the right cadence is. You, know, you can't do an eight-hour mapping session online virtually it just yeah everyone will be brain dead at the end so it's just being creative about scheduling it is more mentally challenging i mean it's 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 more exhausting um i'm in the middle of doing some process mapping with a great client right now and it's just different and it's it's you have to be a lot more proactive online to be able to you know you're no longer able to react to the nonverbal cues so like if i'm in a group in a room and we're, we're walking through a process and you're trying to identify something as a pain point, and you say, so do you all agree that this is the way that we should do it? If I'm in a room, I can see the people who are making a face and mm-hmm. be like, eh, I don't agree with what she just said. I can, and then I can facilitate a conversation around that. It's harder to do online, so you have to ask a lot more direct questions. Um, so it can be done. We're doing it. Um, and... It's just really getting the client to be comfortable with it as well. You know, we've, we have some clients that were not prepared at all to work from home and work virtually. It's just not mm-hmm. in their culture. It's just not the way that they do their business. So when everything hit, um, you know, their first priority was to make sure that their employees and people were safe. So we're like, that's fine. Let's put a pause on it. You know, we can, can take a couple of weeks off and you just let us know when you want us to come back and, and help you move through the rest of this process. It's, it's just being flexible, being empathetic, um, and, and being there. I mean, we've had a number of conversations that are just informal. You know, we all opened up office hours to say, if you need to talk, just give us a call. Schedule some time, and we'll talk. And that's what I love about um, this team is that very generous with the time, um, had people reach out. I've talked to a number of people who are just trying to think through what do I do with my career now? And that's fine. That's, that's not what I do as part of my day job, but I am so happy to know that people feel like they can reach out and just bounce some ideas off me. And that's really what we're kind of trying to do is just we're here. We're going to do the work that we've always done. We will continue to reach out to clients, but we're also here to be a sounding board and kind of help people get through this. 
And I mean, Robin, you know, you've, you've been the head of HR and mm-hmm. you know how lonely a job it can really be and how much pressure yep. is on you. And um, so I think there's an appreciation to have this kind of neutral third party out there saying, we know what you're going through. Just call us and you can talk all you want. And we yep. can't tell yep. anybody because we don't know anybody that you're working with. So yep. use us to, to download. I would think that really adds, uh, you know, I mean, a relationship value, right? It's not, I mean, it's not like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, a, I'm not on the, I'm not on your dime, so I don't have time for you. You know, you're, you're providing, you know, uh, you know, not friendship, but a relationship value that is based, that goes beyond just the dollar value. Um, mm-hmm. and I think a yeah. lot of, I think a lot of companies don't do that for their employees, you know, not, and it's not the same thing, but there's kind of a, like, if you're not on the clock, you know, you're, we're not really that worried about how you're doing. Um, and, and then I think, I think the same thing sometimes like with attorneys or whatever, you know, and, and I've always valued the ones that do take the time to chat with you off the clock and build a personal relationship uh, beyond the buying the expertise. Um, so yeah, we always so joke that we never leave a client. We're always in their lives forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll call it, we might not have worked with them for years. Yeah. yeah. So, so like the projects you're on, some of them are are finite, but others you have a. I would assume you have like more of an ongoing relationship with. So there's probably a a variety of that, but you still want to maintain the you still want to maintain the relationship either way, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. For them, for them to come back, even if they're not, you know, in a project phase with you right now. Um, what about like new business? I mean, does that, is that all just frozen? Did everything just dry up or is it? I, yeah, I don't know that I would call it frozen. I think what we heard, what we've heard is a lot of uncertainty. And I think a lot of consultants and, and firms are, go, are hearing this as well. The work is there. The, the need is still there. Um, it's just, a lot of companies are like, we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know um, if we're going to have to go through a rift. We don't know if our industry will survive. We don't know if, um, you know, some of it is just bandwidth. For, you know, if we're, if a lot of the folks that we work with are HR and IT, they're a little busy right now. Yep. I'm dealing with a lot of things. So it's, it, it really does go back to that, empathy and you know you just that's you just build those relationships and you just trust and you keep in you keep in touch with people and say how are you doing now and um it's is it slower right now I think it is for everybody I you mm-hmm. know I was shocked I talked to somebody who's in um healthcare recruiting and I thought for sure he'd be super super busy and he's like yeah no we're elective so we're actually kind of taking furloughs for a little while, you know, doing rotating furloughs to, because the business were kind of on a hiring freeze. I talked to my mm-hmm. old team. They're an essential business. They are a water utility. They aren't hiring anybody for a couple of months. And I was just like, wow. So you just don't know what's hitting. So that's why you mm-hmm. just keep the lines of communication open. And um, you might not be doing big projects, but you might be doing some small things with people as they're just trying to make immediate changes without making giant waves. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to ask an organization right now to go through a massive, like an HCM implementation. That's a big job. And people are not in the same room right now. They might not be used to doing things virtually. Um, so they're, they're, they're just putting a little bit of a break until they see a little bit of more stability. I think 
just in the fact that a lot of different states are trying to are starting to come out with actual plans of what the future could look like and what going back into an office could look like and what and companies are kind of starting to think what that might look like for them that's helping people feel like okay now we know what to expect in the future and i think that's helping stabilize the situation a little bit yeah and, I mean, and it's uh, interesting because what we've um what we've found is um <clears throat> it, it, it's some, it's some similar things with some of our clients but and then we have we have some um some clients we're working with who are um we've been busier than ever with them who because they are in the midst of we're in, uh, our our systems practice has been working harder than ever in fact we mm-hmm. just hired another person um and had a couple subcontractors come on <laughs> the other week because we have um, these clients that are, you know, the deadlines have not shifted. You know, their go-live right. dates are still what their go-live dates are going to be. Um, and so we've been very busy with, with existing existing mm-hmm. projects. Mm-hmm. But we've always been 100% remote as well. So our so our our work with the client has always been 100% remote with periodic, very periodic visits to their site, but by and large, 99% remote with the client. Um, Mary, I'm curious, and, and obviously not asking about proprietary type stuff, or, I mean, no, you can't talk about that, but, like, what about from the, what about from the go-forward perspective of the consulting practice do do you guys see things from your perspective going back more to the way they used to be or do you see some like so many other industries are asking questions do you see a change in your work patterns and and how you serve clients coming out of this more more video time and less travel or anything like that i you know i think in the short term we'll probably be a lot more virtual i really do um, and we've always gone with the guidance of from the guidance of the client. You know, a lot of us used to want us. A lot of them used to want us to be on site with them, just because it does. You know, face to face does tend to build the trust faster. It's, you, mm-hmm. you get to learn the, the client a little bit faster, that sort of thing, in the personalities. It's, it, but it's not impossible. So there there have been clients where we've been primarily virtual with in the past, just because of cost perspective. Uh, you know, we want to help them. Um, uh, control those costs, or maybe just they're geographically dispersed as well, and it just makes the most sense for us all to be virtual. So I think from a work pattern perspective, I, I do think that we'll see a greater use of virtual um, with some clients, which, you know, could be good for everyone. It, it's kind of the reality of a fluid workplace that uh, – People need to get more and more comfortable working virtually, collaborating virtually. You know, we do have the tools to be able to do it. Um, and it will also potentially give us some more flexibility about the way that we share our tools and share some of our templates. I mean, we've always been very open with our, our process. You know, we presented our selection process at HR Tech last year and just said, here's what we do. Go do it. Mm-hmm. And and so it's, we're not worried about it from the standpoint of, of, of our IP from that perspective. I mean, we have a resources page 
on our website, and we're sharing our tools there. And as we continue to build out our practices and build out the um, the tools that we have and, and share that information with people, we'll put it out there because yep. we want people to be successful. We, we are one of the few consulting firms that our goal is to no longer be embedded in your business. We want to stay connected. We will always stay connected with our mm-hmm. clients. But our, our job is to teach you to fish. And if that means giving you a roadmap on how to do that, here you go. Go do it. So I, I think the, the, the only real difference is just going to be helping, helping organizations that have traditionally been face-to-face really see that it's possible to make these changes virtually. And just getting yeah. them past their own obstacle that they might be play, putting in their way. That makes sense. I, I have a I have a piece of or a request, I guess, for you to pass on to Mark Stelzner. Um, one uh-huh. of the one of the one of the other things that I'm missing greatly, and I only realized it tonight, is you know we're not getting our weekly dose of flight mares. Right. Oh, so no. Yes. Yes. You need to tell him that he needs to do some, uh, you know, he needs to make some up or <laughs> I don't know. Just well, to, you saw it. So we have, we have, we have decided that Mark is just a lightning rod of, of misery because I say it with love. Mm-hmm. So, so Mark, Mark's hometown in, in Nashville was hit by tornadoes, you know, earlier this mm-hmm. year. Right. I think it was earlier this year. Got hit by, he had a massive power outage. And so, the outage was going to be sustained. So it was like, okay, we're going to have to go down. And so they, they got a, um, a rental in a completely different part of the country to just drive there, work there for a week until the power came back and then go back home. They're in the location with the <laughs> rental. And then he gets an alert while I'm on the phone with him of uh, evacuations for wildfires. Luckily they did not have <laughs> any release. <laughs> but it's like, but they could see the smoke. I mean, it was it was probably a good thirty uh, miles away, but they could see the smoke. And it's just like, what? What? It's you. It's no longer the people around you. It is just you. <laughs> so we're trying. So flight mirrors will find a way. <laughs> Might not be flight mirrors or house mirrors or travel. Yeah. So no. It's, Mark uh, mirrors. I don't know. We got to come up with a name. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I, you know, I, I you know, I think I think a lot of times it's the uh, people. Some people just some people draw that stuff, but some people also pay greater attention, and so you see it where Absolutely. others kind of overlook it. And I think Mark has a very focused uh, eye for trouble. <laughs> I'll just say that. So I, I, I love. I love. Well, uh, he didn't I hire love, me, so. <laughs> Well, and, and, and that, that thus proves my point, proves, proves my point. Um, so anyway, um, let's see, where are we in terms of time? So we have about just under 15 minutes left. Um, any other, any other uh, like big thoughts around consulting and the status of it during the time of COVID? That, you know, that, that's really interesting, I think. And, and it's, you know, every, every profession has a kind of a, a new a new phase to roll through and we don't know what it's going to look yeah. like. It's going to be with us for a while. You know, I tell you, I think what's been interesting is to watch like right when everything was breaking that watching the different consulting, whether it's independence or firms, whatever, trying to figure out the right tone and mm-hmm. the different responses or just the different ways that different groups chose to respond. And I'm not going to call it any names or anything like that, but it was just kind of really interesting to see 
that immediate gut reaction of how do you message, how do you collaborate, how do you not collaborate, how do you sell, how do you not sell. It was just a really fascinating, just the historian in me, love to watch it. And um, I I think getting that balance right will continue to be a little bit of a challenge for a while for everyone. I mean, businesses are running through it, you know, traditional businesses are running into it too. It was just like, you know, we're starting to make fun of the email. I hope this, this finds you in good health. You know, it's just like, it was really sweet at the beginning and now everybody makes fun of it. And so it's just going to be a challenge from now on. I really think. Yeah. I, uh, I, it wasn't just consultants. It was any kind of vendor, you know, that everybody was, you know, was, and so there was, there were some very nice personal stuff. And then there was a massive flurry of, you know, we sell masks. We're, we can help you hire essential temporary workers, you know, just a variety of things. And, you know, I mean, like, I don't even make those decisions at all on any, I don't buy anything, right? I don't, you know, and I, I try, you know, you try to tell people that and it's really hard. But anyway, short story, and then we'll, then we'll switch to movies. Um, I just kept saying no and, you know, deferring people over to somewhere else if, if it made some sense. And then finally, I got frustrated enough that I posted on LinkedIn that, you know, the worst way to get any help from me right now is to troll me, you know, off LinkedIn or whatever for work. And this one guy, <laughs> I had just, I had just responded to him that I couldn't help him. And he, he wrote back to me with profuse apology, apparently thinking I aimed it directly at him without calling him out. Aww. And I was like, you know, I posted that four days ago, guy, you know, so it wasn't at you, the, just the timing of you seeing it. And anyway, we got into a, a, a Twitter or a, a LinkedIn chat on mess, LinkedIn messaging, where he basically did a very eloquent job of try, explaining to me, you know, how desperate they were for business and they had a product that might be able to help publics. And for me to refer him to a vendor page where they had to fill out a massive RFP was, was basically death in this moment, right? And, and so, mm-hmm. like, and, and, and because he explained it to me, I, you know, I, I made a referral. It, I knew it wasn't going anywhere, but like, I still did it, uh-huh. you know, because cause he earned it. Right. Um, but it, it was like, it took that, you know, like it, it was like sticking my hand up in, in people's face and then somebody, you know, kind of making it a human moment. It took that for me to mm-hmm. kind of make me rethink a little bit about just automatically blowing people off. Cause it was, it was overwhelming, frankly. Um, at a yeah. time when I was really busy, you know, so I don't know. So it's, there's not always a perfect answer. And I'm glad the guy took the time to kind of talk me through it a little bit because it did change my perspective a little bit. And thankfully those, that massive rush has worn off now. So we have yeah. just 10 minutes left. Um, I know Mary, uh, Robin, I don't know about you. Are you a film goer or do you watch at home? Not anywhere near to the extent that the two of you are. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a wait till it comes out and then we'll watch it at home. Okay, oh, so you're you're you're, you're you're watching Avengers and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that stuff no. now. Star Wars now, yeah, no, not, it's not it's not that bad. But no, I love going to the movies. I always have. I much prefer the theater experience for a, a movie over the ho- the home experience most of the time. Um, and I know Mary, you and Ryan go a lot, and we we have at least some common taste in in movies, which is big summer movies and sci-fi and that kind of uh-huh. stuff. So, uh, so, you know, that, that's another thing that got killed. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so what I was, I, what I was thinking we could talk about is like my, my first broken heart movie was 
losing James Bond in April. Um, mm. And there, there's like a bunch of, and I think Wonder Woman should be out now, or if not now, sometime this month. That's no, closed. Black Widow was supposed to come out two weeks ago, so that got pushed. Um, and that uh, hit all of the Marvel movies. Uh, yeah. Wonder Woman was supposed to be June. Was it June? Oh, okay. yeah. And there's yeah. a Christopher Nolan movie that nobody knows what it's about called Tenet. Tenet, Tenet. yep. Which I was really looking forward to seeing, A, to figure out what it was about, and B, because it was Christopher right? Nolan. <laughs> well, um, so, yeah. so like, what do so, so like, so that, that, the James Bond and that one, I, I mean, Wonder Woman, I love the first one and certainly the Black Widow story. I would love to see all of those. Um, I don't know if I have any others at the tip, you know, the tip of my tongue. What, were there any others that you were looking forward to seeing uh, that were coming out or? Uh, um, you know? I can't remember. There's some other ones that, uh, I just, I, honestly, there, since everything got pushed, I'm just like, doesn't matter. I'm yeah, it's be up next year now, right? It's like, yeah, it's like it, so. Like all of the Marvel releases got pushed, so that's impacting Doctor Strange. That's impacting um, the even starting filming uh, Black Panther. Like everything got pushed, so I'm mm-hmm. sad about that all getting pushed down. Um, I loved the first Wonder Woman. It's like the only DC one that I like. I did. Um, right. I was I love Gal Gadot as the as Wonder Woman. She's just a fabulous Chris Pine. Happy to see him. You know any of that stuff, and so it's really kind of sad uh, to see that get pushed because I it was a sequel I was looking forward to. Um, but even like you know John Wick Four got pushed, so yeah. that's getting pushed, uh, and that's a problem because Keanu he's he's aging well, but at some point he's not going to be able to ride a horse brandishing a sword anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Sylvester Stallone still does it. Tom Cruise still does it. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Well, well he's some of them are heavily medicated, but yeah. you know, like <laughs> no doubt. On the, um, but but things like in the Heights was supposed to uh, come out. I think later this summer or later this fall. I'm a huge musical fan too, so uh, I can mm. be a theater geek for a while. But at least, like, some of the cool things that are coming out of it, things are being released on streaming faster than they should have been. Yeah. For example, right. Hamilton coming out July 3rd yeah. on Disney+. Plus, Giving you a, a, a shout-out, because I, Hamilton I love. It's great. So good. Um, I have so, had a so to see it, but I hear it's <gasps> just wonderful. I've seen it five times? Is that right? Mm-mm-mm. Must Holy be wonderful. Crap. I've seen it five times. Um, yeah, I, so I love that. So I am a... I'm not like theater kid, theater geek, but I love it when a musical is very clever with its um, callbacks to other musicals. So like I loved Book of Mormon because it clearly was quoting other musicals. So like the whole um, restoring of the Mormon story towards the end was straight out of The King and I, and it was the story of Uncle Tom's Cabin or Mm. – I believe was straight from Sound of Music, and she thinks I have confidence in me. So I love that kind of stuff. So when Hamilton did it, but only like ten thousand times cooler because it's also referencing, you know, hip hop and rap, and it's still classical. It was just, it was just brilliant. It was brilliantly written. It's, it's, it's basically like an opera because there's hardly any spoken dialogue in it. It's just, it's brilliant. And so 
to be able to see it live, we, we saw it on Broadway with not the original cast, though. Which we saw Javier Munoz, who was amazing. We saw it on the West End. I saw it in Tulsa, Oklahoma, of all places, and then mm-hmm. uh, seen it twice in Denver. So I've seen it five times, and we were set to see it again because it was supposed to come through Colorado in August, and we bought tickets, and I don't know if it's going to happen. But so, yay, the movie's coming out. At least everybody gets to see the original cast, which is very exciting. Yeah. So and that's on Disney Plus, which is like six bucks a month, right? So. Yeah, or if you were smart and signed up early, you got like a really killer discount. Um, or if you <laughs> so were did you, um, did you, um, you got a year free. Did you go and see Cats, Mary? <laughs> Hell no. So here's We're the thing. I am Robin. a theater lover, and I am not seeing cats. I hate cats. And that's not even the movie. I hate the musical cats. Okay. I am on record. Yeah, I, I've it seen is the probably the twice. worst musical ever written. You've seen yeah, it? I've, I've seen it twice. Once with my son when he was in uh, junior high school, and another time with my son and my first ex-wife, because my son wanted to see it again. So yes, I've seen it, and I enjoyed it. I never saw the movie. Um, which apparently is one of the most hideous film creations ever done. But, it's embarrassing. Oh, I feel bad for the effects people who were just, they rushed it. They picked a date and said it's going to be done regardless. Yeah. So we, we started with dogs and we're going to end with the bad film. And with cats. <laughs> Look at you. We're, we're, now we're sending a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's to keep, uh, that's to keep yeah. Frank and... Uh, that's to keep Frank and Tammy happy while we're talking about cats. We, we love real cats. We didn't like to film cats. Please like um, conversation. So, so will you go back to the movie theater, Mary, when they reopen? Or will it be a while? So, I mean, it'll depend. It'll depend on how they reopen. We haven't gone to like a we, – we typically go to like an Alamo draft house for mm-hmm. the whole experience. Because I'll, I'll tell you, we got a 75-inch flat screen with surround sound at home. So – we're pretty set if we wanted to see a movie, but there are, there are always movies that we were like, we want to see this in the theater. You know, any of like yeah. Star Wars movies, Marvel movies, James Bond movies, like things that will really be enhanced by an amazing sound system and just being with a group of people to watch. And we'll go to the theater and we'd love to go to Alamo. Plus they have good food. So that if they can do some social distancing there and just limit who sits where, because it's all reserved seats anyway, I'm sure we'll go because it's 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 only two hours. Uh, shopping trips yep. can take longer than that. Uh, they'll probably have you wear a mask, and that's fine. Um, we'll probably go back. I just don't know when they are going to go back. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know either. No, no idea really. Just just curious. I'll go back. I mean, I you know I I go by myself most of the time anyway, so I can socially mm-hmm. distance. It's easy when you're just a solo <laughs> person. You know? uh, or that's true. You know, sold out, but yeah, so. Um, a minute and a half left, Mary. Tell folks where they can find you. I'm everywhere. So I'm on Twitter, and I always say my handle wrong. So my Twitter handle is mfalkner43. Yes, I know. It's a good one. Um, I'm mm-hmm. on Instagram at mkfalkner43. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can also find me um, if you want to schedule office hours with me, just uh, hit up our website. It's ia hr dot com and you just go to the who we are page and you can click on any of our bios and you can uh, access our uh, open office hour schedule and just schedule some time to chat awesome thanks for being on the show tonight it was fun yes it was i don't get to talk to you guys enough you have to do this more often 
I know. We'll bring you on once a month. You can be our you can be our tri host or something, whatever the version of three is instead of co host. <laughs> anyway, um, we got we gotta give blue updates. Yep. Yeah, really. Blue update once a month. He's sixty eight pounds now. Oh my god. Um, 30 seconds left. Uh, we have another show tomorrow. It was a last minute schedule. It's on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion with a woman named Katie Zinks. It, it'll be on at 1 p.m. Eastern time if you want to jump in and listen to that. Otherwise, thanks for listening tonight, and we'll see you sometime next week. Robin, have a great week. Mary, Good night, everybody. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.